The Cardinals hit the 80 win mark on Tuesday, thanks in part to another strong performance from one of their trade deadline acquisitions. Did a new haircut help break one rookie out of his recent slump? Plus, we have updates on Cardinals pitchers Dakota Hudson and Steven Matz, all on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, lifetime Cardinals fan, and I am your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can subscribe on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Podcast. We're also available on YouTube. You might be watching on YouTube right now. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Don't be shy in the comments. If there's something I say that you don't like, talk about it. Bring it up. If there's things that I say that you do like, feel free to pat me on the back for something nice. Uh, It's all good, man. It's a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans of baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. All right, so let's get into this. We recently looked uh, ahead at the month of September, and we recognized that some of uh, the juicy matchups that the Cardinals would have that could help them propel them towards an NL Central title. And one of the eye-opening portions of the schedule was the early part of the month where they faced the Cubs, which they swept, And then you had the Nationals, who they're playing right now, and then the Pirates. So that's the first 10 games for the Cardinals in the month of September. All three of those teams have been bad this year. We know this. Cubs are in a rebuild. Nationals traded away all their stars the last two years. Scherzer, Trey Turner, Juan Soto, uh, Josh Bell. Scherzer, by the way, going on the uh, disabled list for the Mets again today. And uh, the Pirates, who... They're the Pirates. They won't spend money, but they do have a couple of nice, young, talented guys like O'Neill Cruz, who I'm very excited to see play. Key Brian Hayes, who's uh, also pretty good over at third base. They're, f- they're fun guys to watch, but still not a great team. But you see what I'm getting at. The Cardinals have a chance to put even more distance between them and the Brewers before they meet again on September 13th and 14th at Bush Stadium. Monday was not what we expected as the Cardinals bats got blanked by the Nats in a 6 to nothing loss. Now, granted, We did have the return of Jack Flaherty, which made us all feel very nice. Uh, I talked about that uh, in depth in yesterday's episode and how huge it was that he not only pitched decent for the team, but he came out of it healthy as far as we've uh, heard so far. So if you haven't seen that episode yet, please do so. A lot lot of chat about uh, Jack Flaherty and how much he means to this ball club moving forward for the rest of the year. But getting shut out by the team with the worst record in baseball on Monday it's not how you drew it up. No, not what you want. And remember, they only scored two runs in the previous game against the Cubs when they got that pinch hit two-run home run by uh, Mr. Albert Pujols. Uh, that's two runs in the last two games. It's hard to win that way. Part of baseball is you you got to outscore your opponent to get victories. And uh, the last two games, it has not happened. So Tuesday night, we were hoping for more, but who is it going to be? That's the question. And, it, and it's a great question about this team because you never know who the stars are going to be. Normally, you're going to get something from Goldie or Arenado, maybe Tyler O'Neill, Albert Pujols. Who was going to light the spark to get the offense going on Tuesday? That was the question. 
So Jose Quintana gets the ball for the Redbirds, and despite pitching as well as he had since coming over from Pittsburgh, his record, just one and one. Yeah, but he certainly deserves better, allowing two or less earned runs in each of his last uh, or in each of his starts since uh, he got traded over from the Pirates. So we'll start in the second inning on this one where the Nats strike first with uh, Luis Garcia doubling to right on a pitch away and out of the zone. Next hitter flies out, but with two down, Vargas dumps one into right field, which brings Garcia around the Cardinals get into the hole one to nothing. Now, something I've noticed that the uh, Nats hitters have been doing really, really well is taking the ball the other way. Right-handed hitters, if you're pitching them away, they're just serving it over into right field. I mean, they've been just dotting up that right field line over their new bars, running all over the place. So uh, perhaps that's not how we want to pitch them moving forward in this series because it hasn't been the best recipe for success up to this point. They've been doing some damage with that. So uh, things stay quiet on both sides until the bottom of the fourth when finally the Cardinals get on the board thanks to a Stop me if you've heard me say this before. A great at bat by rookie Brendan Donovan, who works the count into his favor at 3-1 before launching a down-and-in fastball into the seats in center field, 103.5 miles per hour off the bat, just his third of the season. Donovan, not a home run hitter. That's not his game. His game is to work at bats and make the pitchers throw a lot of pitches, and he's been doing that with regularity for most of the season. Um. But it's one of those moments that happens. So Donovan hits the homer where it, it kind of takes the monkey off the back of the Cardinals, so to speak. Pressure's off. They got the run. Let's just relax and see what else we can do from here. And it continues with one out, Arnado singles, which brings in Corey Dickerson. And again, I'm not sure if it's just that Corey Dickerson is fully healthy now. Is it a confidence thing? What adjustments has he made with his swing? I, I, I brought up on multiple occasions how he looks like he's swinging the bat harder since he got back from the uh, calf injury that he suffered. I don't know if it's favorable match. I don't know. Corey Dickerson has been a beast, though, since the All-Star break. Are you guys ready for these numbers? First half, he hit 202 in 129 plate appearances. 202. And a lot of people wanted him gone. I was tired of watching him hit. I knew they weren't going to DFA him because they, they paid him $5 million. I knew that wasn't going to happen. But I didn't know what they were going to do with this guy, man. You can't just let this guy suck and be on the bench all the time and not play. Since the All-Star break, Corey Dickerson, a complete 180. He's hitting 415 in 84 plate appearances. That is absurd. Okay. And he delivers again in this one. Hits a double into left, making it second and third with one out for Tyler O'Neill. Tyler stings one to left field, hits it hard, but it didn't get the, the launch angle. He had some top spin on it. Still plenty deep enough, though, to get the uh, run home, making it two to one. And a situation like that one, I want to bring this up, too, with runners in scoring position and less than two outs, those were situations earlier on in the season that the Cardinals were failing to cash in on. You'd get a strikeout or you get a pop out or just – Anything unproductive was going to happen, it seemed. But since the break, the Cardinals succeeding in these spots, and it's what winning baseball is all about. So now you got two outs, runner at second, and the rookie Nolan Gorman, who was sporting a new haircut. I don't know if you guys noticed this or on the telecast if they talked about it enough, but he chopped off his longer locks that he'd had since getting the call up. Personally, as a guy who played baseball into college, I don't know how some of these guys with the shaggy beards and the and, and the long hair, how they do it all summer. I have no idea. It is so damn hot. And if you grew up in St. Louis, you know how humid and thick things get in the Midwest. And 
kudos to the guys who can handle it, but man, there is no way I could last all summer with that flow. No way, Jose. So new fresh head of lettuce for Gorman. He's up at the dish, and boy, oh boy, have I been getting some comments, messages asking, why is Gorman even in the lineup? Considering the slump he's been, and I, I understand. Um, the numbers have not been great, but I'll have more on Gorman later in the show. But in this moment, the rookie comes through, ripping a 1-1 fastball off the wall in right center. That scores Arenado, makes it 3-1. to one. Meanwhile, Jose Quintana keeps pounding the zone, gets through five innings on 87 pitches, allows just one run on five hits, no walks, five strikeouts, steady. Steady. That's what he is. The birthday boy, Jordan Hicks, comes in and throws up two shutout innings. And don't look now, but Hicks seems to have figured some things out and has been quite good recently. He has not been scored upon in his last eight innings. He's racked up 10 strikeouts and no walks. And that's always been kind of the issue with Jordan is he'll walk people. If he throws strikes, his stuff's so nasty that guys more times than not, they're not going to get a hit off of it. And Sure, you'll get the occasional hit. It happens, but you don't beat yourself with walks. You make them hit you. That's what Jordan's been doing, and it's been fantastic recently. Bottom of seven we go. Former Cardinals uh, relief pitcher Steve Ciszek comes in with his sidearm submarine delivery, which is tough on righties, but the lefties, they can see the ball pretty well against him. So it's not quite as rough. And leading off, you got Gorman, who is left-handed, so we like this matchup. And Gorman puts together another strong at bat. Ciszek throws him a 2-2 slider. And this wasn't even a bad pitch. It was low and away. Still in the zone. It was going to be a strike if Gorman takes it, so he would have struck out. But Gorman just stays back. He flips his wrist and puts it over the wall in right center, almost the same spot that his double went earlier, except it went off the bottom of the wall. But it's his 14th dinger of the year. That makes it 4-1, to one, and that's all the Cardinals would need. Albert... Did get a chance to hit in the eighth, but he flied out to left field, so he's still at 695, one back of A-Rod for fourth all-time on the home run list. Giovanni Gallegos throws a shutout eighth inning. Ryan Helsley with his new Hells Bells intro came on in the ninth and struggled a little bit, gave up a hit and a walk, but still picked up his 14th save of the year. Uh, Helsley's ERA down to 0.98 on the season now. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, by the way, we retweeted a bunch of different angles of Helsley's new intro at LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter. Uh, one of them was even by the PA announcer, John Hewlett. Been there a long, long time, and he took one uh, from his booth, from his vantage point, which was cool. I love all the theatrics of it all. It's it's kind of like, to be a wrestling nerd for a second, it's kind of like Kane <laughs> from the WWE. Everything went red, and then you had like the fire in Helsley's name. Pretty darn cool. Not, not the explosive fire that comes out of the ring post that Kane would have, but still pretty cool. By the way, um, those intros, I believe, and it, it stop me if you or at least comment or say something about it below if you think I'm wrong about this, but did all of these intros things kind of take off after the movie Major League came out with Rick Vaughn coming out to Wild Thing and the crowd losing their minds in that scene? Because I don't remember it being such a big deal until then. And then you had Mariano Rivera for years with the Yankees coming out to enter Sandman. Trevor Hoffman came out to Hell's Bells for a long time in San Diego. Uh, Roldis Chapman came out to Rage Against the Machine when he was with the Reds. I don't know what he comes out to now when he went over to the Cubs and to the Yankees after that. But uh, then this year, the hype about the closer coming out kind of returned with Edwin Diaz uh, and the Mets. 
He's uh he he's caught on a lot of fanfare uh just for the intro with his song that he comes out to with the horns and stuff. It's been a monster. So I don't blame the Cardinals one bit for trying to to get their star closer some love with his new intro. Eventually, maybe, just maybe, because Cardinals fans are smart and usually baseball fans and uh and just sports fans in general, they'll find a way to interact with an intro like that. So maybe the crowd starts doing something like you know, they open up their phones and they they have the light shining or blinking or something like that at games that I do when I'm uh, the PA announcer for a hockey team, like the the crowd in certain points of the game, they bring out their phones and, and, and they're a part of it all. So um, maybe that's something the Cardinals fans will start doing. We'll see. But uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. The Cards get their 80th win of the year. They're now 80 and 56, which is the sixth best record in the league. Just one win less than the Yankees now. Who would imagine that after the start the Yankees had at the beginning of the year? Jose Quintana moves to five and six, but he's two and one since coming to the Cardinals. ERA, 3.15. Like I said earlier, steady. And a, a bonus, thanks to a, ho- a two-home run night, which included a three-run walk-off by former Cardinal Randall Gritchick. Pound it, Randall, my man. Uh, the Rockies came back to beat the Brewers, so it's an eight-and-a-half game lead again in the division. I do want to talk more about Nolan Gorman here next. Plus, we've got updates on uh, what Dakota Hudson and Steven Matz did in their minor league outings coming your way next on Locked on Cardinals. First, let's let's talk about some snacking, all right? I'm always in to talk about food. I love it. Um, you're watching the game. Let's put you in this mindset. You're watching the game. Like, like last night, you're watching the game. Things are intense. Gorman's up. You don't know what's going to happen. You need something to snack on. Not a meal. You don't want a meal. Just a little something delicious but not something carb and sugar heavy that's going to make you feel crappy later. You know how that gets into your gut and you're like, later on. Instead, get on board with what we do. Built Bar Puffs. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And their new flavor is right up my alley. And I think it's going to be right up yours as well. The indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. Cookie dough chunk puffs. Light, chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks. And of course covered in 100% real chocolate, plus it's healthy for you. Yeah, you didn't know that, did you? Healthy for you. Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs, a name like that, you think, no way, but they are. 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com, snag a box for you and the family, or just yourself if you can find a good hiding spot. Uh, Like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff, covered in the 100% real chocolate, healthy, tasty, light, fluffy texture, and they've also, because all built Bars are good for you, they've got that collagen protein in them, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You get the best of both worlds there. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout. Don't want to go into the gym uh, on an empty stomach. It's never good. Uh, late night treat. Just need something right before you go to bed. Or you just need a quick bite, like I said, while you're watching the game. Just boop. Pop them in. Built is the perfect protein bar. They taste better than a candy bar. In a candy bar, ditch the calories, the fat, the sugar. Grab yourself a built bar. And right now, you go to built.com, use promo code locked on 15, and you can get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked 15 to save 15% today. So, in last night's win, Nolan Gorman led the way, going two for three with an RBI double and a solo home run. Up to that point, it hadn't been. All that pretty for Nolan in recent games. In fact, the numbers have been flat out gross for the guy we're calling it Storm and Norman. Storm and Gorman, I should say. Screw that up. See, I screwed up the joke, man. Storm and Gorman. 
one for his last 16 with uh, nine strikeouts, and his average has uh, had dipped down to 231. We don't like that. Lowest since July 27th. OPS, just 302. And Cardinal fans were wondering out loud why Gorman was in the lineup. I got multiple tweets and comments about it yesterday, which surprised me a little bit. I, I didn't think everybody would be so hard on uh, Gorman so early in his career. I mean, this happens, right? To all players during a season where you've got the ups and downs, Goldie, Arenado, the best of the best. They all have slumps at one point in a season. Plus, Gorman is a rookie, and, and not just a rookie. 22-year-old rookie is one of the youngest players in the entire league. And not every rookie could be Michael Harris II with the Braves this year, or like Albert was when he got called up by the Cardinals his first year. That's not normal. <laughs> These situations are not normal where they're that good right away. Those are the exceptions. Normally, rookies are going to need some time to figure things out. They got to adjust to the level of pitching they're seeing in the majors as opposed to the minor leagues. I mean, come on. Major league pitching is far and away harder to hit than the minor leagues. And they throw more strikes. They got nastier stuff. It's way more difficult. So what you're doing in the minors doesn't necessarily mean you're going to come straight up to the majors and just start tearing it up. We knew Gorman was going to strike out a lot because he's done that at every single level that he's played at. We knew he was going to have his ugly moments playing second base. Although, to be honest, they've been few and far between. I like It's not like he's booting 20, 30 errors out there at second base when he plays. I expected much worse and much more growing pains on the defensive side. So that's been a pleasant surprise that he hasn't been that bad at second base at all. But we also know how talented Gorman is, how much power he brings to this lineup from the left-hand side. And through his recent struggles, you've seen his at-bats go down. It's happened. Ali has always said he was going to play his best players each and every night when he can. And that's what he's done all season. Uh, you obviously can't play the same guys every single day. People need rest. But because of the emergence of Brendan Donovan and his solid play where he can go to multiple positions and uh, the phenomenal second halves by Corey Dickerson and Albert Pujols, um, the at-bats have been a lot more limited for, for not only Gorman, but Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson, who only starts against left-handers now when he does start. Heck, Carlson, I'm looking this up right now, 16 plate appearances in the last two weeks. Hasn't done much but just 16 plate appearances. He's been riding the pine. This was a guy who was your starting right fielder, then your starting center fielder, and now he's on the bench because he's not producing. So Gorman has been going through some struggles, and uh, John Denton wrote a great piece on MLB.com. Again, if you don't go on to MLB.com and you read John Denton's stories, you really should. He does a great job covering the Cardinals. Uh, wrote this about Gorman and what he's done to get through this tougher time. And he says here that it was fellow rookie Brendan Donovan who helped Gorman through it. Now, according to Denton, Donovan, who's one of Gorman's closest friends, was trying to find a way to shake his buddy out of a slump and uh, ended up digging up some videos from 2020 when there was no minor league season because of the pandemic. But the two of them were among a group of players working out at the AA Springfield Complex. Those videos featured plenty of instances of the power hitting Gorman smashing balls onto the roof of the workout facility beyond the right field fence at Hammonds Field. And it worked out at least for Tuesday. Both guys went yard. Gorman's 11th home run as a second baseman on Tuesday night pulled him even with Colton Wong for the most home runs by a rookie second baseman in franchise history. Also, Tuesday's smash was the 11th time this season 
Meg Gorman homered with two strikes, tied for the fifth most in the National League and tied for eighth most in Major League Baseball. And if you look at the overall numbers, which Denton did, he pointed out that Gorman smashed 15 home runs and drove in 23 runs in 34 AAA games. Combine that with now 14 home runs and 35 RBIs that he's had in 83 games with the Cardinals. And Gorman's numbers this season, 29 home runs, 58 RBIs in 117 games. And this is the guy you want not taking at bats for you because of a recent slump. Huh, really? That's who you want to bench. That's who you, you don't want to see up at the plate anymore. Ali also pointed out that he likes Gorman at second instead of Donovan because of his ability to turn the double play better. And he said this, quote, footwork around the bag, arm strength, pivot. Gorman actually does a really nice job with it. And the Cardinals have been outstanding at turning double plays this year. They lead the league in that in that category by a whopping margin, like a, like a massive amount. So for those of you who are being hard on Gorman right now, come on, man. Cut, cut the cut the 22-year-old rookie a little slack, all right? He's been pretty darn good. You can't just judge a guy. This is baseball, all right? This isn't football, where two or three games that you can just, yep, he sucks. Get him out of there. It's baseball. You got to give him weeks, sometimes even months, before you realize how good a player has been. But again, those numbers, 29 dongs. 58 ribbies in 117 games. You don't want that guy hitting. You're done with him. Hitting 230-something on the season now. As a rookie, you're, you're over it. Come on, guys. Let's be smarter than that. I know you're smarter than that, Cardinals fans. Come on. All right, how about some more good news? Let's get into this one. In his first of two planned starts at Memphis, Dakota Hudson, who they sent down because they activated Flaherty. Not punishment, by the way. He was just sent down because they want him to work on some things, make sure he's still starting so he can come up for the doubleheader against the Reds later this month. But last night, Dakota Hudson came within one out of a complete game. He allowed eight hits, walked two, threw 109 pitches, over eight and two-thirds scoreless innings, struck out eight. Attaboy, Dakota Hudson. That is solid stuff. And that is what you want to see from a guy like Hudson. That's, how, that's the response you want when you send a pitcher down who's had a tough go at the major league level this year, who's coming off of Tommy John surgery. You want him to go down there, work on his craft, get better. That way he can be useful for the big club later on this month and maybe even more in the future of this season. He's going to be a part of this future probably next year. But in the immediate future, you're going to need him against the Reds. And what happens? What happens? If something were to go down with like Wainwright or Michaelis or Quintana or Montgomery, something horrible, like a, a you know an injury of some sort. I'm not trying to jinx anybody. I'm just saying you got to be prepared for stuff like that. You've got Jake Woodford, who people seem to like. Dakota Hudson, if he can get back to where he was at the beginning of the season and throw like he just did last night, how cool is that? That's amazing to have that problem. Uh, Steven Matz, who the Cardinals want to bring back as a reliever before the end of the year, made a rehab start for Springfield last night, threw 30 pitches in one and a third innings. He walked three, struck out three, which isn't great, but just the fact that he's on the mound again, pretty awesome considering the knee injury that he suffered. So if you can get Matz to come back and be a left-hander out of the bullpen this year, cool. 
That's great. Uh, after the win last night, the Cardinals are now 6-1 and one in Quintana, seven starts, although he has gone six innings just twice, and they are 6-0 and oh in the six starts for Jordan Montgomery, who will be your pitcher tonight. The Nats are going to throw righty Corey Abbott, and uh, one stat that stood out to me looking at the numbers for the Cardinals against Abbott is that uh, Tyler O'Neill has two at-bats against him. Both of those have been home runs. So hopefully we'll get to see more fireworks tonight by Bro Neal and company at Bush Stadium. First pitch is scheduled for 645 St. Louis time. And I didn't want to be the first one to start counting down because I, I do believe in jinxes and stuff like that. I don't want to be that guy who did this first, but I did see people posting magic numbers online last night. So I feel like that that opened up the door for me to go ahead and do this and uh, say that the Cardinals magic number is now 19 to clinch the NL Central Division Championship. Thanks again for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked on Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked on Bets, all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, be sure to like, subscribe on YouTube, follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals, and me personally at JD Sports Radio. You are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time right here on Locked on Cardinals. 